0: Hello and welcome to Personalized Learning with Matt and Courtney. My name is Matt.
1: And I'm Courtney.
0: We go through the do-doos and do not dos of personalized learning.
1: We do, and and we try to stay healthy, but sometimes, well, you know, Matt, you're in a new building now, so that's yeah. probably part of it.
0: Well, I haven't been based in a school in like seven years. Yeah. And, and So it took about two weeks to catch up to me, but I've caught all the stuff that middle school kids have. <laughs> <laughs> and I've been home for a while. So, yeah, that's why. But it's super fun, but holy moly.
1: Yeah, Apparently,
0: every germ in the world is in that hallway. Yes, it is. Oh, well. So, we're going to continue today with our series on collective efficacy.
1: Right. So, last week we kind of did the big overview, and this week we're going to start jumping into um, the. Oh, what are they called? The enabling conditions. There we go. So the first enabling condition that we're going to talk about today is advanced teacher influence. And I want to remind everybody that just because this is the first one we're talking about doesn't mean that this is the first place your school or your district will start. Um, It's really more about understanding your learning community and starting with the ones that feel like make sense for you.
0: We're it's also. That. I also want to say that just because you're doing these in a in a type of way doesn't mean that you're doing collective efficacy.
1: Good point. Right?
0: These don't cause collective efficacy, but these have to be there in order for it to be possible for it to happen. Yes. So yeah, it, I, it's not I, one of the other.
1: It yeah it yeah, and we will kind of talk about what we've seen. As you know, examples of these things maybe when they, when collective efficacy isn't present or when it is. And I think I think listeners will kind of be able to piece that together. I think
0: so too. Yeah, I think yeah. so too. All right. So All right. let's talk
1: advanced about- teacher influence, Matt. What is advanced teacher influence?
0: Okay, well, we define it or uh, John Handy defines it as the degree to which teachers are provided opportunities to participate in important school-wide decisions. Because when teachers are giving leadership opportunities, they become eager to become proficient in content. You would, you would think that's true, right? Because you yeah. th- if, just like we talk about with our kids, if you give them a voice and a choice in what they're doing in the classroom, then they're more apt to become uh, proficient, right? So it makes sense right. that if teachers are given the same, their classroom is the building. Uh, therefore, if they're given those opportunities, they might get better at everything else they're doing.
1: Yeah, it's, you know, we talk about building agency in the learners and that leading to motivation, and it's the same thing. Give agency to the adults in a learning community, and they will become that much more invested in and committed to and motivated to be a part of the learning community.
0: I'm sure we'll talk about shortly some of the ways that this is, the ways that it's not going to happen, uh, the ways that it's kind of fake but how about we talk about some of the ways that you can do this first?
1: Sure, Um, so one of the things that immediately came to mind to me, because it's a quick and easy one, and I guess any of these could end up being fake or not. It it really depends on what happens, right, with the information that comes from any of these. Um, So the first one that I put in our notes with an exclamation point isn't gonna shock shock our lockers, (laughs) (laughs) Ugh, that's,
0: shocker
1: that's of this thing. <laughs> <laughs> it's parking lots
0: yeah yeah we talk about those all the time
1: <laughs> right we do they are a fantastic way to gather staff input across the school across the district it can be as simple as a paper one stuck up in the teacher's lounge it can be a digital one um they can be open free comment and they can be directed too. you can you can make prompts you say you know you Mm -hmm. can say like issue is happening please put thoughts on the parking lot or um but the key to them as the key that to them when you use them with learners is that you have to actually collect the responses and you have to actually respond
0: right i was gonna say that it just because you have the parking lots doesn't make it Useful or doesn't make it voice and choice just like in the classroom. Right. You got to do something with them Right got to do something with them and the first time you don't is when it starts to, to Degrade as it were so they're not really important anymore So start right at the beginning start doing something with them right off the bat.
1: Right, right um, So I've seen this work really well in a district um, in a district and in a school actually um, one of them was straight up paper. It was just hung in a staff room mm-hmm. and the principal answered it. Roughly, I want to say every two weeks is about when the answers, there would be enough questions there to, to warrant answers. And sometimes the answers were very quick. And sometimes the answer was, you know, like, hey, great point. We're taking this to X committee or I'm going to take this to this committee or or I'm going to get together a focus group to, to help answer this. You know, I don't have the answer right now. And I think, but I will get one. Right. And you will help. I think that's a huge key to it. Right. uh, You can't always have the answer and you have to be willing to say, I don't have an answer right now. Let's find one together.
0: Okay. That makes sense. What could another way that uh, schools or districts could do this?
1: Um, so I think about, kind of the idea of committees with teeth. So I think of, you know, so like an example of of a committee that doesn't really have teeth is one where nothing ever happens because of the meetings or because of the discussions. Okay. Right. Or really great discussions are held or had, but then administration just says no.
0: Oh <laughs> yes, I've sat on some. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes, yes, absolutely.
1: Yeah. It and it's it's really frustrating and it makes people feel like it's fake because it is fake. You know, or like you get the, you know, I've I've had this question asked when when setting up committees for things, you know, um, well, are we the people on the committee actually going to provide an answer that's going to be listened to or is there already an answer decided upon?
0: Mm -hmm. I know I've seen that a lot as an administrator. I've seen that a lot when, when I set up committees and that's one of the first things they ask the teachers ask is uh, does this mean anything here? And it's a great point from a teacher point of view. It's like, why am I going to waste my time if you're not going to listen to me or even, even have any input at all? So I have a question for you about a particular committee, though. Okay. Prom committee. (laughs) So a prom committee. That's why are teachers
1: on prom prom committees? Teachers
0: are on prom committee because they need to help with setting up the location and and getting the, the kids together for the directions and kind of just organizing it. Is that a committee with teeth or is that just a committee out of necessity?
1: I feel like, okay, so I I feel like I might not be able to fully and with an intelligent, you know, position to answer this question because I have never, when I was a teacher, I was in middle school. We did not have proms, so I have never been a faculty member in a high school, Um, so I do not have the same reverence for
0: prom. (laughs) Well, <clears throat> the reason I ask is because I'm yeah, looking why? at some of these other um, other notes that we have on uh, advanced teacher influence. And one of them, uh, one, I'll just read the sentence. It says, in order to advance teacher influence, administrators can identify areas that might be considered for school improvement. And it gives some examples like school environment, delivery of curriculum, professional learning, and parental involvement.
1: Okay, I don't hear prom there.
0: I don't hear prom there, but parental involvement is something definitely that we did with prom committee. So I was one of those high school teachers that was on prom committee. And to me, it felt like it was something we had to do, that it wasn't, I mean, we had to do it for good reason. It wasn't like, oh man, prom, let's not do it this year because- (laughs) <laughs> that, was never, that was never a thing. But it was something that we kind of felt we had to do, and we had our, our involvement, and we got parents involved and stuff, but it didn't really bring us together as a staff. It was just like, this, this yeah. needs to get done, so you do it. So I'm kind of leaning that this is – it's a committee you kind of need and it's important, but it has nothing to do with uh, teacher influence.
1: Right. Yeah, so I guess I'm going to go on the side of No. An important committee. So uh, when I say a committee with teeth, I think I I'm speaking to those larger categories.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Like that, that a prom committee has to happen. You probably have a lot of autonomy and decision-making. Absolutely. But uh, on the whole does not contribute to the greater um, professional learning environment. I would agree. Right. So I think an example of a committee that does have teeth, um, I think they tend to be more like, I want to say ad hoc committees, like they show up when you need them. So probably more like a task force. Mm -hmm. That being said, a lot of schools have a climate committee. Okay. That keep their eye on the climate of the district. And so I think this is actually really good of a good example of a committee that could go either way. So, okay. if the climate committee is simply planning potluck lunches and you know the little treats for Teacher Appreciation Day and things like that, that's not a committee with teeth,
0: right? Right. That's, because, that's, yeah, that's, that's just fine.
1: like yeah.
0: exactly, exactly.
1: If the climate committee is taking a serious look at collegiality in the building, um, if it's taking a serious look at the social emotional health of the building of the adults then that's a committee with teeth. And if the recommendations coming out of that committee are being taken seriously by the leadership team and administration and acted upon, or at least giving thoughtful responses and rebuttals if the ideas can't happen, then that is a committee with teeth.
0: Okay, Okay. so but, there, are some, there are some subtle differences that we need to know uh, about really what is the point of the committee yeah. and who listens to the committee. Right. The, the differences between something that, uh, like, like you said, more of a task force where we're trying to find out the answer to something so we can make decisions from the results of whatever was learned in that committee.
1: Right. So okay. here's an example of a task force I actually led in a district that went really, really well. Okay. And it started off with the question, is what we come up with and what we say really going to be listened to? Mm-hmm. And in this case, I knew the answer was going to be yes, because I'd kind of set it up that way. Like we were, we went in with the parameters, right? We knew that um, we, the district was going to adopt, uh, it was the Lucy Calkins reading and writing workshop, right? We knew that we wanted that to happen, but everything else we didn't have the answer to. The time frame, who, who, when, you know, how all the material purchasing would happen, like none of that was figured out. Um, And that could have been very easily just handled by the curriculum director, right? Mm -hmm. And that would happen in a lot of places. But instead, because there was a value on voice and choice and giving the teachers the ownership of this decision so that they would be more likely to actually do the work and adopt the curriculum and feel like it's something that they embraced rather than something that was put upon them, right? We created a task force. It was volunteers um, representatives from all the different buildings, all the towns, grade levels, and, you know, kind of laid out the questions that need to be answered. I led them through, I gave them readings and things to do, materials to peruse. We had fantastic discussions and absolutely everything that they recommended the district adopted. Nice. Yeah. And it was great. And it made them feel quite valued. Okay. Okay. And okay. actually, like the timeline that they laid out, um, the program was adopted faster than the timeline that, they, that that task force laid out. And I think a lot of it had to do with the fact that the teachers were given so much um, power in the rollout of the program.
0: So they were more interested in whatever the outcomes were going to be, therefore, right. did it faster? Okay, that's yeah. fantastic.
1: Yeah, it was wonderful. It was great. Um, so I think, I think that's a really good example of kind of giving the teachers the autonomy and the decision-making, you know, it's kind of like, here's the, the the bottom line is we're adopting this program, right? Right. But you as the teachers have, have control over the rest of it. I think that's a big example. Um, I've got another smaller example.
0: Okay. Before we get to your example, we're going to do an ad. So for you, the listeners of Personalized Learning with Matt and Courtney, Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service. Yeah. What have you read late, lately, Courtney? You
1: know what? I just downloaded a new one today Uh-oh. and started listening to it. I'm so excited about it. I'm going to get the authors wrong, but it's, in my own, vo- in my own words, Ruth uh, Boehner Ginsburg.
0: Nice. So good. Very nice. Yeah, so good. My last one that I read was the same one as last time. It's The Outsider by Stephen King. <laughs> But since I've been sick, I've been thinking I need some new books. So I'm going yeah. to start perusing when we get done with this podcast. Nice. Of course, you can check out Audible's vast library, as I'm going to do, and choose your own, not just the ones we like.
1: To download your free audiobook today, go to audibletrial.com slash Again, that's audibletrial.com slash plearnmc for your free audiobook. So this one, this example, I have to be honest. When I first, when I learned that there were schools that don't do it this way, I was kind of surprised. I was like, oh. really? So it's it sounds really simple, but it's letting teachers or teams have the autonomy to design their own schedule.
0: That is mind blowing, as an administrator.
1: Yeah. Are you being sarcastic?
0: <laughs> um, I, well, I as a teacher, and now that I am an administrator, would love to have the teachers come up with their own schedule. I think, yeah. it's, I think it's much more uh, personal for them. They know what's going on. And I've done some schedule work as an administrator. Yeah. It feels like I'm just filling the holes
1: right well and i think it's, it's more complex depending on where, like a high school schedule way more complex sure but that can be a committee with teeth right you get the right people on there who really want to think through the schedule they can then make the recommendation to administration who can ask questions like if you were a principal of a high school matt who was like schedules are not for me that's a way to have a committee with teeth sure now and now i'm thinking like of a middle school Right. So like the administrator can hand the team the bare bones schedule. Like this is your lunch. This is when your team goes to specials. The rest of it you get to make up like here are the things you have to have. You can't have, you know, sustained reading for three hours. But Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know what I'm saying? Like make it. work. And likewise, in an elementary school, you can say kind of, you know, here's here are the times that your kid learners are out of the room. Here's where they are the rest of the time is yours to make happen. And then if there are other parameters that have to be put on, there are other parameters that have to be put on. Like a lot of schools in elementary like to have it so that certain grade bands have math at the same time or literacy at the same time. Mm-hmm. So there's more opportunity for movement and sharing of learners and flexible grouping. Well, great, especially if that's a goal or something that the whole school has agreed on. And I think more and more that is happening that teachers are saying things like that, that like, we want to be teaching some things at the same time. Right. Um, so, so, you know, the more an administrator can just kind of hand things over to say like, here are the parameters, what you do inside these parameters is fine. You have the choice. Um, that's, that's the lens to be using to come up with this advanced teacher influence.
0: I think that, I think that makes a lot of sense. And, when you were saying that uh, administrators just hand the stuff over, it doesn't have to be because they don't want to do it. Um, right. I think they want to give the teachers some type of input because it makes a, first of all, to be honest, as administrator, it makes everybody's lives easier when the teachers are happy and they are designing something that works for the learners. And since they're the ones that are with the learners every single day, they know them and, and how it all works on an intimate basis then they can design things that work for them and work for the learners in turn. I think that makes total sense.
1: Right. Yeah. It's, um, it's just like with the learners where we say, you know, what's the question you can ask yourself as the teacher? What is this, a decision the learners can make? Is this something I can turn over to them? It's the same thing for an administrator. It is. Um, It's just different content. And likewise, Often when you switch to kind of more voice and choice in a classroom, the learners kind of freak a little bit and like have a hard time taking it on at first. The same thing can happen with adults. Um, and so it, it can take time to kind of build the trust that you actually do want them to do this. And yes, what they're doing is right. They're not wrong, but uh, persistence.
0: Right? <laughs> right. You said that, that uh, the freaking out can happen. I'm pretty sure it's will happen. <laughs> Again, it's not what we're used to. So it takes some time to change that, that culture and that mindset. Uh, just like it does with the young learners, it does that with the adult learners too. I think that's a great way to, to, uh, wrap this one up. Yeah. So we've talked today about advanced teacher influence. It's our first in a series of six of these enabling conditions. that we'll be talking about over the next few weeks.
1: Yeah. Excellent. I'm so excited.
0: So where can you follow us, Courtney?
1: Um, uh, you can follow us on Twitter at plearnmc. MC you can go to the Facebook page for the pod which is um Peeler and MC <laughs> and our website which is you guessed it PLearnMC.com. and MC and personally I'm at and C Matt is at Eat Sleep Stats and rate review us on iTunes share tell others about us and
0: Okay, we'll on. We're just it doesn't matter we're